0: Stop the legs with the see- distance. See-
1: Welcome to the Ruck Me Dead podcast. We've gotten to the end of the trans-Tasman rugby season and uh, there were a lot of games over the weekend that were uh, pretty tough to swallow as Australian rugby fans. And with me, as always, to digest and dissect what happened on the weekend. I've got Wendell Hussey. Wendell, you're out of the studio today. Where are you, mate?
0: Mate, I am uh, just down doing a uh, shorthand course down in Brisbane. I'm not really sure why, but Clancy said I had to come down here and, and learn shorthand. He said it was a traditional thing that journalists need to learn, and, and I never got skilled up in that at um, yeah. South Baterda it's Tape. a cultural thing. Yeah, so I'm trying to figure out all these kind of things that look like hieroglyphics, all these signs and stuff to make it quick, even though – I don't really use a pen and pad at um, news conferences or that any of that anyway. So that's what I'm doing. I'm down in Brizzy, but um, watched a few of the games down here over the weekend, which was, which was good. But it was uh, it was another tough weekend. Wasn't it, Errol? I'm kind of
1: kind of glad it was, mate.
0: Transfers over, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, I guess uh, we should start with the game um, over in Wellington on the weekend. Uh, the Hurricanes and the Reds, and that will be it. Hurricanes finish their season, likely on a high note, and out goes Nani Lomapi. Arguably some of the uh, more creative um, refereeing I, I think I've seen in my uh, in my 45 years on this earth, mate, um, apparently the Hurricanes themselves were deleting comments off their Instagram page uh, from irate fans at the conclusion of the game Uh basically calling out the officials.
0: Yeah, I mean, anyone who uh, spends any time on social media in rugby groups or follows rugby pages or any of of that sort of stuff down here in the Southern Hemisphere would have been aware that there was a fair bit of blowback at the Kiwi referee who took charge of that Hurricanes and Reds game. You said, you know, some of the worst you've seen in your 45 years on this big spinning rock. I haven't been on here for anywhere near as long as you, Errol, but... I reckon it's probably the worst I've ever seen. Some of the calls were just downright appalling. It started off in the first, like, 30 seconds of the game. The young Reds fullback runs it back in the line. Geordie Barrett tackles him, lies on top of him, and then Karifi gets over the ball and pinches the ball while Barrett is lying on top of the guy who's trying to place the ball back. Like, straight away, I was like, oh, no, here we go, here we go. And then it goes on to straight shoulder to the head, uh, red card. Even the Kiwi commentators were saying it's a red card. Dalgunu gets yellow-carded when he had every right to try and peel for the ball. And then, of course, there was that bat back over the try line where Bryce Hegarty was trying to force the ball in the in-goal. Full speed, him and Lamarpe sprinting <laughs> at full speed to the ball. He's trying to ground it. TMO and on-field referee say he bats it back. Penalty try and yellow-card. To their fly half for the Reds. Not just a penalty try or a yellow card, even though you could, even though everyone was saying, look, he was probably trying to force the ball, penalty try and yellow card completely sunk the Reds. They were right in the game. They'd been way better than the Hurricanes in spite of all of the calls that they had. And then that happened and it was just like, it's over. There's just no hope. It was, it was appalling. And when you've got Kiwi commentators as well calling it out, saying, I can't have that. That doesn't make sense. That's an appalling call. That's bad. Then... You know, it's it's concerning. It's like the Liberals and Nationals breaking ranks and saying, hey, what we're doing to that Biloela Tamil family is actually pretty crook. Like, I don't agree with that. When Kiwi commentators are calling out what Kiwi refs are doing in uh, trans-Tasman games, you know, you're in big trouble. Same thing as, you know, Labor politicians saying, hey, maybe we shouldn't demonise working class people who work in the fossil fuels industries." You know, when they break ranks like that, you know, hang on. Something going on. Something we got to think about. It was it was appalling. I'm sorry I went on a bit of a rant there, but I, I had to walk out of the room. I was so frustrated watching that game. Yeah, I'm
1: with you, Brad. I'm with you. Look, I, I just think that uh, there's some been some some footage here that we're seeing that they're seeing that we're not. But yeah. hey, well, well, I don't know what to say. To be well, honest. there's laughs all around on the faces of the Reds players as well. I don't think they can quite believe what they've just witnessed. Because let's not forget. Everyone everyone on the ground can see the big screen. They were watching it just like you at home, folks. Yeah, there was no booing or cheering. You know, people thinking he intentionally did it. I think, again, for them to come to that conclusion and make such a massive call is, uh, well, it is what it is. I He's don't right. know what to say.
0: <laughs> once. Maybe the word
1: you're looking for is wrong. Yeah, that might be it. Well, Wendell, I'm just glad you've got that off your chest. I mean, just looking at the game uh, in terms of its uh, its face value, the uh, score line doesn't really doesn't really match uh, the contest. Mm. And I think what you're getting at was is that all these one-sided calls uh, that went the Hurricanes way it really took uh, the wind out of the Red Sails, really sucked the spirit out of them, and they really. Uh, I think they kind of must have known deep down inside that the extra man that the Hurricanes had on the field, you know, was really going to be the difference of this game.
0: Yeah, exactly. It was those decisions at key moments from the 16th man there for the Canes that really that really made the Reds realise that maybe it wasn't to be, you know. Like, obviously, you can look at the scoreline and go, oh, well – They ended up losing by, you know, 20 or 30 points. They got flogged, the Reds there. You can't say Mm. one or two bad calls decides it. Yeah, all of those big calls, you know, they had a huge impact on the game, came at crucial times. Reds were in it, playing great footy. And as I said, when, you know, everyone is looking at this game from over there in New Zealand who isn't a Hurricanes fan and is saying that's actually pretty crook, that refereeing is appalling, you know, you know something's going on. Yeah, as you said, the Canes were deleting comments off their Instagram page because, Kiwi fans were going, "Hey, I'm a Kiwi rugby fan, but that was appalling. I don't know what was going on with that referee. That referee was blind. So when you have guys from a different island siding with an Australian rugby team in regards to refereeing calls, yeah, it's um, it was really frustrating, and it, it tinted tinted my view of the final weekend. Maybe.
1: Well, it is disappointing that you know this far into the season we have this disappointing display of uh, you know largely pathetic refereeing, mm. and it's just such a shame that there are so many people both here and in New Zealand who've, you know, working night and day to grow this game, you know, t- to get it back to what it was once, you know. We're talking 25 mm, years ago. Glory days. And then you, you've got people like James Dalman, the referee, who just go ahead and just undo all that hard work, you <laughs> yeah. know. Like, just imagine if you were an on the fence. For, like, the good people at Stan have breathed some new life into this code. And then, you, you know, you're tuning in and you think, you know, the, the the Reds are arguably the hottest team in Australia that they won the final and then they're, they're up against the Canes and then you just see the absolute pile of steaming pit bull shit that was this game mm. you'd never watch another game of rugby union as long as you yeah, live you
0: tune in and go oh look at that runny stinky stinky people shit the stuff that's like it's not uh it's no no solidity to it it's just a mess it's just no it's like they've been eating
1: it's just yeah it's just raw meat and people's calf muscles just being digested and Shot out the back, <laughs> and you think sprayed up the side of the weatherboard, mate. It's I, don't, just, I
0: don't want anything to do with this. I don't want to come back to do this. No, no,
1: and I don't want to come back to this house and see the the outside walls covered in pitbull yeah, shit. Absolutely, I'm not coming no, back.
0: And when we're two from twenty, we've lost eighteen games. Two from twenty, we probably we probably could do with some favourable calls our way, not the opposite, which is just getting unbelievably bad calls that you can't come back from. Frustrating, yeah. You, no. you people up top must have looked at this game and gone, "Geez, that's that's not what we needed." We needed a couple of Aussie wins to spark some life into into Trans Tasman in yeah. that final round, and it, it didn't happen. Um, so I don't know where to from here because <laughs> the rest of the four games were we pretty close to landslides.
1: Uh, uh, well, I don't think that's a fair assessment of the uh, Brumbies uh, Highlanders <laughs> game. They've done all they can. They've banked maximum points to set up a potential shot at this Super Rugby Trans-Tasman title. The Highlanders, too good for the Brumbies, full-time, 33-12. to Like the Reds game, the scoreline in this one wasn't really indicative of the contest. Mm. I mean, yes, the Brumbies did let in uh, some soft tries, mm. some very soft tries, which did prove to be the difference, yeah. you know, Two tries to five tries, it's always going to go one way. Mm. But um, look, I think uh, particularly in the Reds game, like how the Reds were able to get absolutely flogged despite having 60% of the possession, Mm. at least in this game, it was pretty down the middle. There were a few key moments that really defined this. It was a cardless game. No one got, you know, everyone was on their best behaviour. It's it's just uh, the Highlanders just have this... Uncanny ability to just counter attack, mm. and they just like as soon as you put one over them, like it was nice to see that the uh, the, the Brumbies they scored first, and you, you, you that they kind of lulled you into a bit of like, oh, here we, here go. we go, high hopes. You, you know, this is this is going to be win <clears throat> number three.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The
1: Reds and, the uh, Reds have
0: faltered, but maybe the Brumbies will do something on a cold Friday night down in Canberra. Maybe yep. they'll restore some pride. They'll get us a win, and you know things will be looking up. But
1: Yep. But one thing I, I really think that the uh that, that the Brumbies I think they had a bit of a brain explosion particularly in the coaching staff because they brought on I think it's like that they brought on like almost all of their subs at, mm. at the same time. Yeah. I mean I mean you you can't really be doing that. I mean like I don't profess to be a bit of a fucking rugby head mm. myself but if you're sending on five new blokes at, at the same time I mean you, you, you do need some people out there who can, you know, kind of subliminally tell the the, the interchange bench yeah. how the game's going. But, it, like, yeah. if you send on five blokes at the same time, they don't have a good read on the game, you know. They've been, you know, either watching their fucking iPhone on the exercise bench mm. on the sideline, or, you know, they've been fucking laughing with their yeah, mates. putting, putting fingers but in their mates. They haven't had their ears. head in the game. Yeah, yeah if you put on five people at the same time who haven't got their head in the game, you know. I think that's really when the Highlanders ran away yeah. with it. I, I mean, like the Highlanders, they went uh, over two times um, in the first half, and the Brumbies, they went over two times. Yeah. And then the Highlanders went over again just after halftime, I think. And then there was five interchanges from the Brumbies and then the try-scoring Bonanza from the Highlanders began. Yeah, very
0: tricky for cohesion, very tricky for the team to kind of gel when everyone's changed like that against a, a Highlanders side that's getting a heap of confidence and will now yeah. play the Blues in the final. The Blues, um, they made it there like after dusting the force.
1: Imagine, imagine if the Blues win this oh, thing, mate. Man. I'll have to eat a bit of humble pie. I think – Considering all season I have – told people repeatedly that they are just Mm. unimpressive and they just... Uh,
0: Look, Errol, as long as I've known you, as long as I've been at this short paper, you've been telling people that about the Blues. So it would be humorous (laughs) if they found a way to get um, some silverware. But in a way, maybe that would be just for the Super Rugby Trans Tasman competition. They're playing the Highlanders in the final. They win that. Crusaders missed out by seven points because they didn't flog enough teams by enough points. (laughs) Maybe that's just... Maybe that's how it should be. It's like, you know what, this was a bit of a joke competition. It was all kind of thrown together. The the best Aussie teams had tough runs in terms of scheduling and all that sort of stuff. Some bad refereeing. Maybe that's a great thing that the Blues win it and every single person who isn't a Blues fan just goes, Righto, let's forget that happened and we'll reset for next year when we've got the Drawer and the Pacific are in there and we'll just we'll go fresh, longer season, all that sort of stuff. Maybe maybe that's the best thing. Maybe that's what we need, the blues to win it.
1: Well I'm excited for the Drua and the Pacifica to come in because it gives the Waratahs new and unique opportunities to be absolutely flogged, which, you know, my heart does go out to the Waratahs because they had another very tough game against the Chiefs. Throw a hand up and count them out for Sean Wainui. One, two, three, four, five tries for Sean and the Chiefs. Or well, as he would say in New Zealand, Ronaldo, Tiro, Tiro, toru." Farima! Rima tries for Sean Wainui tonight. What an outstanding effort. And Look, not much to say about this game other than I wanted to get behind them for their last mm-hmm. game. And um, I, I actually tuned in to this game for about um, three and a half sort of minutes. And then uh, I think the Chiefs scored um, arguably one of the softest tries I think I've ever seen in my life in the first three minutes. And then I... Um, I uh, turned the TV off. Yeah.
0: Uh, That one where it was just like through the hands training drill try.
1: It was like watching the first grade team practising a set play against third grade Mm -hmm. on a Thursday night in the middle of (laughs) – july when no one in third grade wants to be there and everyone in first grade wants to be there because second grade's nipping at their heels yeah.
0: and uh it's just through the hands shot like not even shoulders on like yeah we're just feel yeah. we're just feeling space and letting them go that one was frustrating the one that was the most frustrating for me was um sean one fourth or his fifth try it he danced across it was like um It was that under 11s or 12s kind of stuff where he starts on one wing and he kind of crabs across the field and he's running across, running across, looking for a hole and you've got the old-fashioned dad's just going, run it straight, run forward, forward, go forward, what are you doing? (laughs) You know, you're losing ground, you're getting isolated. But he just kind of like runs across, runs across, runs across, crams across, oh, yep, scores in the left-hand corner and just just scored. But
1: arguably, you you know, the the most offensive and alpha thing that you could do is for each time he scored a try, even his first one, he just wasn't that kind of wrapped, (laughs) you know. Like he's like, well, this is going to be – a try scoring bonanza Mm. because I've just scored one of the softest tries in the Mm. world 120 seconds into this game and then he's like hmm just waiting for some more ball 13 minutes later he gets thrown the ball and he simply runs around a couple of defenders and makes it he was able to score two tries without effectively being touched by anyone.
0: Yeah, it's really. almost like he's apologising to them as he scores. Oh, so, oh, sorry guys, sorry guys, didn't want to do that to you again. Ah, the poor old Tars. the horror Tars. Yeah,
1: it's going to be interesting because there's not there aren't a lot of Waratars in uh, in the Wallaby squad. So I wonder what they're going to be doing now. Like they s- suppose they go back to club? Yeah, land. well, it's
0: pretty early on for the season to finish up. So I guess yeah, they're back to clubland. They'll rip in for Sydney Uni and Randwick and see how they go. It's going.
1: only been winter for two weeks and their season's over. <laughs> I mean, that's fucking yeah. grim. If you ask me, yeah,
0: it's it's been a, a horror season for the Horitas, but I think as Checker was saying after that game on Saturday night, the people in power now have to make sure. They identify who who tried, who performed well, who showed. Um, yep. showed, you know, real glimpses Fichetti was really good Parisi was really good Swinton and Gordon obviously were great Those kind of guys And you just identify those core talents And you lock them down And you allow them to learn from those losses going forward I think that's what Check was saying He was saying something about the scars yep. They'll remember the scars And they'll um, take those scars forward But if you just let them go And you don't keep them around Then it's all for nothing kind of thing So they have to identify those guys who are good now and instead of rushing in, you know, some young hot shots straight out of Scotts or Riverview or Joey's or something like that, we keep these guys around now and go, righto, you've you've been punished. You've lost 13 games. You're the first uh, first Waratahs team to go winless in a season. Hopefully, we've learned from it and we can be better mm-hmm. for it, you know, because they were. They were trying for for the last while. They've been trying. So,
1: Oh, you know, mate, they were trying their guts mm. out. It's just that they're in the wrong competition. Yes. But, look, I think uh, – Back to what you were saying about uh, what Checker was saying about identifying people who tried. I think the people in charge of that team also need to, you know, get up from their plush fucking oak or mahogany desk (laughs) down there in wherever the fuck French oak their offices are in Randwick, and they need to go into the washroom and they need to look in. In the fucking mirror and they need to ask themselves the same thing they need to look at the in the mirror and say am i part of the problem Mm. Mm. me some crusty old rugby loving ex-investment banker on the board of the waratahs am i part Mm. of the problem am i part of because it
0: seems like maybe rob penny wasn't sacking rob penny didn't sort anything out did it
1: (laughs) no i i think the biggest victim in in all of this is is rob Mm. penny getting rid of rob penny made things worse Mm. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't fucking write this. (laughs) I mean, like, their season was like an episode of Arrested Development. It's like everything that they tried made things worse (laughs) and worse and worse and worse. (laughs) So maybe the people making the big decisions at the Waratahs, maybe they need Mm. to go too. Maybe get someone in there with some fresh ideas, maybe some people who, you know... Know how to rebuild a team because the people in charge there. The evidence speaks for itself, Wendell.
0: Absolutely, yes. Yeah, a series of unfortunate events. I hope.
1: Yes, and uh, speaking of uh, unfortunate events, uh, the Crusaders, very disappointing end to the season. <laughs> I mean, they were really the hottest team in the, oh. the competition, and, and somehow, somehow, this team has failed to make the Super Rugby Trans-Tasman Final. Full-time at Leichhardt Oval. And it's the Crusaders who will win. But have they done enough? 52 points to 26. The Crusaders defeat the
0: Rebels. In, in a season... Like this, in a season of Super Rugby Trans-Tasman like this, you have to take the little wins when they come. Yeah. The littlest of wins was the Rebels losing by four tries instead of five tries and preventing the Crusaders, who are the best team in this competition, the best team in the Southern Hemisphere of all time, and by far. the last five years, consecutively <laughs> far and away, the best team from making the super rugby trans-Tasman final. They miss yeah. on points differential by six points. One converted try and the Crusaders would have been in the final and they would have obviously won the final because they are the best team. Brayden Anall, their outside centre, clear run to the try line, knocks the ball on cold. That would have been hit. That was their ticket to the final. I reckon they will be revving him up for quite some time to come.
1: They will be absolutely spewing. And I think that uh, this result indicates that the Melbourne Rebels have come a long way. I mean, they have they have achieved the one thing that everyone wanted them to achieve this weekend. And that was to give it to the crusaders because the crusaders, you know, power to them. They flew over a full strength team. They threw the fucking kitchen sink Mm. at the rebels and the rebels. Yes. While it was, you know, a thrashing, it wasn't a big enough thrashing. So it's like, you know, they put up enough of a fight to basically win. Yeah. The Rebels won that yeah. game.
0: Yeah, I, I like that, Harold. They lost by four tries, but they won that game. They did what they needed to do. They won that do. game. They stopped the Crusaders from going to the final. And I love that. And they did it without the likes of Tamur and Hodge. So, yeah, it was a great show from the Rebels. So, power to them. Um, I just want to say quickly one little frustration I had with this game is I know scheduling, it's all been tricky and it's all up in the air and they've got to manage the coverage times here and in New Zealand. But the Rebels and the Crusaders played at Leichhardt, right, at 2.30 on Saturday. Yep. And then you've got the Waratahs taking a game to Brookvale Oval, which I love. I love that they're, you know, they're treating their um, their fans outside of Paddington to some rugby up there in Brookvale at 7 o'clock on a Saturday night. Surely people at Rugby Australia could have seen when the Rebels were having to reschedule their fixtures. That, hey, maybe this is an opportunity to move these games so we can have a double header at the same ground for rugby fans. You know what I mean? Like you're getting people going yeah. to Leichhardt and then.
1: So, kind of like a magic well, round. Exactly.
0: You've got a ready made magic double header there, but instead there's one yeah. at two o'clock in Leichhardt and then you've got to go all the way up to Brookvale, which I believe is like near Manly on the northern beaches in Sydney there. And Leichhardt is Balmain. Mm. I don't think those places are particularly well connected. So just one of those things that it would have been nice if they could have found a way to sort out getting those two games together because, you know, essentially financially that game had very little bearing for the Crusaders or the Rebels. They weren't going to really recoup any of their losses from not playing that game over there in New Zealand. So why not put it on a book fail? I know. I know obviously there was the blues and force game, they would have had to move that around, but surely, surely something could've been sorted and something could have been done. But what do I know, Errol?
1: You're preaching to the choir, mate, you know, I, I'm always a massive proponent of uh playing these big ticket sporting items in, 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 in smaller, more suburban yeah. places. You know I would have loved to have seen a Reds game in 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 Roma or yeah. Dolby or you know. St. Yeah. George, even Charleville, yeah. you know, I, you don't have to come all the way out here, but, you know. Like just, I mean, the Darling Downs, you know, in terms of Queensland rugby, you know, is a real rugby nursery too, mm-hmm. and they did, but they did play a game up in Townsville because they've got that fucking big old stadium yeah, up there yeah. that they actually managed to fill almost, which was mm-hmm. great. You know, that, that it's just it just goes to show that when you take rugby. To rugby fans, they come and they watch it, you know, where if you have it down in places like, you know, the Cosmopolitan Homebush or, you know, famous rugby coliseums like the Melbourne Rectangular Stadium, you just don't get the same atmosphere. No,
0: absolutely not. When really? you take it to the heartland, when you take it to the diehard, diehard rugby fans and these regional, more regional communities, um, yeah, you don't, you don't get the same atmosphere, you don't get the same excitement, you don't get the same... Uh, same buzz
1: around a game, you know. Even take one down to Hobart. I, I, I mean, that would be such a great excuse. I mean, like you go down there and you, you know, you tell your wife, you said, oh, how about we go down to Tassie this weekend? You know, we can go to the footy, then we can go to that fucking art museum where they've got all that fucking crap on the walls. You know, that we can go down to uh body parts to Salmonaca the down there, place so whatever the fuck they've got in that hellhouse down there. You know, that house of sin, but. Mm. Gee, you know, not not my type of thing It's uh, You know I would uh, I would probably duck a bit But you know Like I'd be partial You know To take I got on down there Or something You know
0: Nice trip away Absolutely You can get up for something
1: like Nice that. Nice Nice trip yeah. away Where you can go down there Go up on the hill Down there at bell Reve Or something You know I, I guess I don't really have Any square stadiums Down there in Tasmania But uh, yeah. I think it'd be yeah. fun You know even, even if they just went And played it in a park or something, you know, it'd be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Even back to Ballymore or something like that, you know. Um, even over in Tassie yeah. or, or up in Darwin, yep. you know, or even in the yep. Alice. I mean, there is no place on earth like Alice Springs, and I reckon that's where the Reds should have played the Fours halfway, mm-hmm. have uh, both teams come, have their fans come. You know, you can go down there, go down to the casino, uh, the... Uh, the Juicy Rump's a fine bar, you know. I've I've watched many games of sport there at the Juicy mm. Rump there in Alice Springs. Yeah,
0: go back there and watch mate, the games after, after you enjoy a bit of footy. Mate, out there.
1: Having them, you know, day in, day out in places like fucking Ballymore mm. or Homebush or that new stadium they're building down there in fucking Moore Park. I mean, yawn. Yeah. I mean, bring rugby out to the people. Yep,
0: absolutely, and that I will give them credit is what they're doing in the Super W competition, which kicks off this weekend. Uh, the Tars women take on the Reds women and the Brumbies women take on the Rebels women before the Force and the President's 15 women play the following weekend. And they're taking it out to Bottomley Park. They're going out to Norman Park for that game. Of course, it's on Stand Sport as well, but they'll be playing out there in a little yep. community ground down there in uh, Norman Park in Brisbane.
1: Yeah, down there in, uh, in uh, Cooparoo. Yes, yes. Is, uh, yep. Tigerland.
0: Tigerland, you little beauty, eh? So that, they'll be doing that out there. I think they've got three Tigers games on before, and then I think they're playing yep. potentially first grade after. So I think they're, they're rescheduling it out there. So it'll be a huge day out there at Tigerland. be a big, big day. Stan Sport will be covering that one, which will be good to see. Um, so I like yep. that.
1: Yeah, and then the Brumbies are playing uh, the Melbourne Rebels too on Saturday uh, on neutral territory at Queanbeyan, which uh, should be – Interesting, but not as interesting as the Western Force are playing the President's 15 Mm. in Coffs Harbour, of all places.
0: Yeah, neutral territory. They're stepping outside of the Capital Territory there. The Rummies to play the the Rebels down there in Queanbeyan. That's another good community ground there, so there'll be a good vibe around that one. I'm looking forward to the competition. Obviously, we'll have Aussie teams winning again, which is something that Aussie rugby... um, seems to need at the moment. So it'll be great to see. Tars are red-hot favourites again, I reckon, for that title. Their squad is stacked with the likes of Grace Hamilton, Marley and Murphy, Maya Stewart, those kind of guys. They've got a a strong, strong team, the Tars. They've won the last three editions of the Super Rugby, so yep. they'll be hot favourites for that again. But then the following weekend, um, they're all going up to Coffs Harbour, I believe, which I like the sound of that. They're basing the whole round up there.
1: Yeah, the women's rugby magic round is in Coffs yeah, Harbour. love that. Magic. Love
0: that. Love a bit of Coffs Harbour. The big banana.
1: Yep, big banana. And they've got a, a lookout up there where you can see uh, for miles, you can see a lot of ocean, mm-hmm. you can see a lot of Coffs yep. Harbour. So if you're... If you're making your way up there, go and see the big banana and go and see that lookout I'm talking about that's uh, that I can't really remember the name of, but you know, it's it's fantastic. And up you can there. see good, the Coffs Harbour Good fish and chips. Good too. Good fish and
0: chips, yeah, at the jetty there. You can see the Coffs yep. Harbour base hospital emergency department as well. If you um go down to the Howie Moi there and start mouthing off, it's it's a part of the um part of the cultural trip down there to Coffs Harbour, getting into a bit of a stink down at the Howie Moey. A uh, lovely pub.
1: Actually, I think the hoey Moey is where Clancy lost his sense of smell um, <laughs> after he <laughs> went in there wearing a uh, maroons jersey and uh, you know, was mouthing off, and then all of a sudden he woke up in uh, in a hospital yeah. bed and he couldn't Done smell. Them. Everything tastes so like ash. Put a
0: big one on his snout.
1: Yep, a big bare knuckle punch right in the forehead.
0: That'll do it to fell big dancing Clancy overall. So. Yeah.
1: Yep, all fucking two meters and hundred and twenty kilos of it, yep. mate. Yep. So
0: that's that's Coffs yep. Harbour. I, I do think, actually um, really like Coffs Harbour. It's a nice part of the world down there.
1: Oh mate, I would uh I would live yeah. there if, if it wasn't Coffs Harbor. But um mate, I I think we should touch on uh the, the Wallabies uh squad for the two thousand and twenty one El Toro France series. It's a real tongue twister. We, oh. I think mate there are there are a lot of uncapped players in this team and that's that's what I like to see.
0: It is finally a team rewarded on form.
1: You know? Yes, it isn't just the fucking Waratahs in a <laughs> yes, gold jersey. It's
0: not it's not just the Waratahs end of season team. A lot of Aussie rugby fans are stoked from what I can see online about the fact that a lot of guys have been rewarded oh, on form. Mate.
1: The likes of It's overflowing with Reds boys for the first time in God it's gotta be a generation. Yeah, it's so good to see Probably not since like the likes of Jason Little, you know, the socks down country boy Chris Latham, John Eels, you know, good Good solid Redsman.
0: Twelve Brumbies so. as well. Twelve Brumbies, nine Reds, nine rebels.
1: Unpre- unprecedented. Yeah.
0: yeah, it is it's great to see. And there's a lot of guys who put their hands up over the course of the season and, and they've been rewarded. And I love to see that. The likes of Lockie Lonigan, the likes of Rob Leota, Pone Falma Silly, Lowakai Fichetti. Parisi, very excited to see what Parisi can do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 a great squad. Obviously, everyone does the usual bolters, you know, the likes of Fichetti and Leota and Wells being bolters in the squad. But I mean, it's a pretty big squad. Um, we've got thirty eight. There's only seventy five starting spots in Super Rugby, so it's half of the players. But yeah, it's good to see guys who've been performing rewarded for their efforts. Um, I reckon we can. I reckon we can fashion up a pretty strong Wallabies team against these French these uh, these French rugby players who are coming down under in a couple of weeks. Now, I know it's great to see guys rewarded on form, but this Wallaby squad is not going to do anything for Western Australian rugby fans and their Wagsit complex they've got over there. Two no. Western Force players.
1: Yeah, I look, that's, you know, I think uh, they're going through what the Reds uh, have been going through for, you know, almost two and a half thousand years, you know, that they have just been completely and utterly outcast (laughs) by the national rugby fraternity. And I think, uh, I think the force are probably going to take it worse Mm. than the Reds took it. I mean, of course, uh, the Reds took it very personally for a long time, but I think the force, you know, a lot of them are from WA, which makes them, you know, unstable and, uh, Prone to uh, to tantrum, yeah. so um, it'll be interesting to see uh, where the force go from here. If they do actually lobby for uh, WA to, to break <laughs> away, and uh, the force becomes uh, the national rugby team of uh, WA, mm-hmm. but look, mate, um, I'm actually pretty optimistic that we can win uh, all of our games against the tri colours. I mm-hmm. um, don't know how I feel about Michael Hooper just coming back and just p- pulling on a jersey and and being captain you know he's been out of the out of the competition you know he's going to have to learn a lot of names mm. in this squad i mean you know there's 11 un- uncapped yeah. players um, yeah look it's going to be uh it's going to be interesting yeah. uh, to see I- if if this team falls in behind uh, the, the walking hammerhead shark from Manly, <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's an interesting interesting argument. There's some people saying, well, you know, he took a year off when it was a really tough year for Australian rugby and should he be allowed to just walk straight back in and captain him at number seven? But then a lot of guys saying, well, he asked Australian rugby and they let him and he's a good player and he's a good leader and he will give 100% for the green and gold jersey. So potentially you just you just start him and just go right he took a year off but that was all agreed to. Yeah. You know, they let's see what the All Blacks do with the likes of Brady Ritalic and Bodie Barrett, you know, whether they um they take a moral high ground on this one and keep those kind of guys out. Looks like they probably won't. So I don't
1: know. I don't know. No God. I oh, no. oh, look I'm happy to have a bloke God, no. who
0: just goes hard one hundred percent of the time and that's all you get with Michael Hooper. So taking my Queensland Reds hat off. Obviously, I would have liked to see Fraser McWright uh, starting ahead of him, but at the moment, Fraser McWright's not even starting for the Reds. Interesting one, actually, He that he got picked ahead of Liam Wright, who's actually the starting seven for the Reds. So I don't know what's happening there with Dave Rennie and Brad Thorne, if they had any conversations about <laughs> that.
1: Mate, I'm just I'm just not really impressed that the uh, powers that be who chose this team mm-hmm. um. They left out Fergus Lee Warner, who I think had an absolutely stellar season over the force, and I think he's fallen victim to this anti-force rhetoric that's floating around the halls of Rugby Australia recently. Uh, I think uh, if you're giving six Waratahs a start and they had arguably one of the worst seasons in the history of world sport, (laughs) and you're giving two to the Western force Who held their own in a very, very hard competition? Yeah, Yeah, and nine rebels. I mean, even they flogged the Waratahs. Yeah. Routinely.
0: Yeah, Yeah. you're bang on, Errol. And
1: they're not being rewarded for it. So I think, you you know, people like Fergus have a right to be angry, and I, and I would be angry.
0: Yeah, fair enough. They'll be blowing up. Um, Unfortunately for them, I guess they can. If they want to blow up too much, the only option they really have is going back and playing uh, rapid rugby against the likes of Singapore and the South China Sea Dragons. So tricky. Yeah, for them. they'll be
1: playing, you know, uh, the Maldive Mud mm. Rays and the, you know the uh, Thailand Jumbuck Superheroes, yeah. whatever the very, hell they were called very very tricky like situation you know, well,
0: for the Force Boys.
1: Yep. Well, look, mate, I think we've covered uh, Mm. a lot uh, in this podcast and um, I think uh, come this time next week, we're going to have an absolute rugby smorgasbord to run our unwashed hands over. So, um, I'm looking forward to it, mate. But, uh, mate, uh, you enjoy uh, the rest of the time you've got down there in Brisbane, mate. I hope that Clancy gave you a company card. You can... uh, you can have a bit of a fun mm. time on mate because it's a fun town Brisbane. I know that people down in Melbourne, people in Perth, people in Sydney even, they like to hang they like to hang a lot of mm. shit on Brisbane for being boring, for being, you know, this, that and the other thing, but you know Brisbane is 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 the, arguably the the funnest capital mm. in Australia. You can go there and you can let your hair down, you can let your dreadlocks down. You can even go there and have a good time if you're yeah, bored. Yeah, uh, look that's it's a place is. for
0: everyone and um, I've certainly been enjoying it. I've got a couple more days on this bloody shorthand course and I, I can tell you it's tricky enough to do when you're fully concentrating but after a few Caxton uh, Street car bombs the night before, the the different figures and symbols look particularly difficult. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this thing wrapping up and um, getting back up to the channel country. So. I'll be doing that and I'll be enjoying the footy over the weekend, getting around the Super W. It'll be good to see. And, of course, the final between the Highlanders and the Blues. Um, That'll all be on Stan Sport. And then we look ahead. We look ahead to the rest of the Super W competition, the Wallabies, Club Rugby, all that good stuff that um, keeps on on coming
1: our way. So I look forward to talking to you. The Shoot Shield and the Hospital Cup are still going to be trucking along. Yep.
0: Yeah, so I look forward to talking to you about that next week. Errol, enjoy the week, and um, I'll see you guys soon.
1: Have a good week, everyone, and we'll talk to you next Wednesday. Yeah.